right. So, man to man podcast. Dennis, Mike, we're uh, we're here. We're just gonna um, we're we're wrapping up a series. Well, we think we're wrapping it up. I always say that, and then we're never really. Yeah, never really ends up being that way. But we've been in a series around fatherhood. We started right around Father's Day. Um, we've kind of had a couple of episodes now where we talked about some different things with fatherhood and um, you know, and raising kids. You have uh, you know two daughters and a son. I have two sons. So um, you know, I'm in the process of. I always think it's interesting because when I talk to people, when I talk to guys, you know, it's always like, "What place in fatherhood are you?" Right? Like gotcha. some of them are not quite there yet, and they're anticipating, like a fearful. <laughs> like anticipation right some of them are there and their kids are young and so they're just like i don't know what to do with these things it's out of control <laughs> yeah like ah, can you know can, like we talked about last week like can you break them can you wreck these things like i i don't know i don't know you know do i really have to take care of this for the rest of my life no, yeah, right, right. Like, how long do you have to do how long you know and, and then and then there's the one you know then there's like like me teenagers where i'm just like i, I don't you know these are this is a whole different world this is this is weird. This yeah. is like dealing with aliens. You know, I mean, <laughs> half the time they smell really bad. The other half the time they're super smart and you're having real conversations with them. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then you're in a whole nother stage where your kids are having kids. Yeah. <laughs> and one. Yes, that's true. I am a grandpa yeah. now, which is we go with G-Paw. Just so, make you feel better? Yeah, because grandpa sounds so old, man. It just, <laughs> it just sounds old. So, I, so she calls me. Izzy actually calls me G-Pa, so that's good. All right, well. I like G-Pa. It sounds cool. Makes you, makes you feel a little younger. <laughs> it's good. So all of these stages of fatherhood, right, it's um, like these things don't come with owner's manuals. Right. And it's, it's even to the fact where they tra- you, you, your kids make this transition, and you're like the last one to find out, right? right. You, you suddenly wake up one day, and you're having a conversation, and you realize – I don't know what I'm doing again. And I was just getting good at this. <laughs> right. I thought like, I, I just finally figured out how I can yeah. change diapers and make bottles. And next thing you know, they're sleeping through the night and you're going like, I just figured out the, that's why you have another one <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> to do it all over again. <laughs> Not great advice for some people, but good for others. Right. Um, so it doesn't come with an orange man. You know, I'll tell you like right. at these times, there are going to be these transitions. So these conversations are hopefully, to help guys that are that are in some of these areas to, to get some of that, right? And in the end, what we want to do is, you know, we want guys to become who they were created to be. Right. And we want them to not just like listen to these four bits and pieces of information, but to start down this journey right. of questioning everything really and looking at everything and saying, you know, how did God create me? Right. And how can I operate out of how God created right. me in all of this. Right. And especially, I mean, the one thing that we really want to convey here is especially we want guys to be having conversations with other guys. Right. You know, I mean, you got you got if you got if you got a friend of yours and you got the same kind of age limit age kids, man, go out to go out to coffee with each other and talk about raising kids. I right. mean, talk about what you're going through. Share the craft. Share the when they peed in your face when you changed the diaper for the first time. That happened to me. That's why I say yep. that. But but you know what I mean? That's that's what we're trying to do here, trying to set an example of what 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 you can get out of just having an hour conversation, a 30-minute conversation about something. And what's great about it is you end up walking out with insights and understanding that you didn't have before. And you, nobody answered any questions, really. Right. You just had a conversation through it. You know, and so 
we're hoping that this will spark conversations between other guys and that right. maybe have other dads out there that they know and they're building that community. I, and I think that if you're guys that are, you know, in a certain stage of this, you got to find, if you're, you have teenagers, you got to find the G pause. Oh yeah. If you have little kids, you got to find the guys that have teenagers too. You know, yeah. I was just watching, um, you know, John and Sam Eldridge did this thing um, called Killing Lions is what it's called. They wrote a book and they did this video series and they're on like this bike trip out in the desert, which is trippy. Um, just, I mean, like watching it makes me want to buy a mountain bike, Yeah, right. which is really weird because I don't like we, my son, my youngest son and I, we ride our bicycles to the beach and that's, you know, it's, I mean, it's a bit, it's a ways. It's maybe five, six miles down the road. That's like. It's on a trail, paved trail. You know, it, we take some curves. There ain't no, there ain't no lions. <laughs> no, and there's no desert. And these guys are riding, and it's like path, cliff, cliff yeah. right? And the one guy is, you know, they, they were they were talking about him, and they were saying, you know, like, so how you know, how much riding experience do you have? And he was like, none. Like, I bought this bike and came on this trip. And he's riding down this path, and they've got a GoPro camera on his, like, fork of his bike so that they can you know for yeah. this cinematic not i don't know in my mind i'm thinking like why put it on the beginner's bike because what happens is that gopro camera comes loose it spins around it gets in his spokes and it sends him like boom into this rock dirt and he wipes out and you know john eldridge and sam they come you know they stop the car and come running up and they're like are you okay and sam is like you know here's the cool part the cliff <laughs> Goes, you know, and they're over the side of this mountain. Yeah, and, yeah that, you know, was, that was me. That was me at North Dakota <laughs> when you were on the basic. Yeah, yeah when I went to help that basic at North Dakota, they got me on a bike, and I thought, oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. until you get the up Black the Hills, like, you get up the Black Hills, and yeah, yeah, that was a whole other style of bike riding. Right. So the episode that I just watched is called Older Men, and it's about inviting in older men into your journey right. to learn from them, right? To learn. To, to learn some basic things, how to start a fire, how to cook a steak, how to, you know, uh, when you're younger, when you're in your early 20s, like these guys are, you know, you're learning, like, how do you talk to a girl? How do you, how do you know she's the right one? How do you know if she's not right? Like right. all of these questions, when you're a parent, there's these questions are still there. They right. don't, they don't go away. And so you have to find other people, like you said, to bring in that are on different steps of this journey and 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 then also on the same steps and then frankly you need to find people that are looking for people that are at your stage too right because that's you know and that even works i mean now that you said that that even works for your kids uh we might the, the great thing about the great thing about ministry as a youth pastor you know as my kids when they're seven ten years old all the youth group Mm-hmm. kids would be like hey Ty, hey jackie and they just felt super cool because they they right. were no, they were liked by this next age group you right. know and they're accepted by this next age group so just thinking about that you know you may want to have your kids you know not necessarily go you know seven-year-old go to 16 year old careful you know, hang but, out yeah. yeah but i mean but still just that influence of mm-hmm. the older older generation right in a good way you know helps helps uh your younger kids get, get more confident in who they are and knowing that they got people that are 16 i'm seven and he comes up gives me a high five and he knows me by name and mm-hmm. you know it's a confidence builder for younger kids too so. for sure yep and you know so one of the questions i think that we kicked around last week was you know like we said 
a little bit ago is can I ruin, can I break these things basically? Yeah. Like, have I ruined my kids? And, um, you know, and that's a, that, that, it's a valid question, first of all, because you don't know. And, and when they're babies, you think, like, can I break them physically, right? Yeah, like, I, didn't, I didn't. What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't carry them. I was so scared. They're so small. Right. <laughs> you Can I physically break this right. thing? You know, like what? You know, and they're all like, just hold the head. And there's all these things that they tell you in the hospital. And you're just like, I don't know if I want to. Like, I, this feels way more complicated than right. than my man mitts can handle. Right. right like. Right. I don't know. And then I think as they become toddlers, you watch them throw themselves downstairs and stuff. And you're like, well, that thing didn't break. Like, there's no way I can't break that kid. Look at what it's doing. Bones are still soft. Right. So, you know, and then as as they get older, it's the psychological and the emotional that comes out. And now my kids, everything is psychological and emotional because they're 14 and 17. And so it's, it's being careful the how you interact with them that way and so you know the the question is how do you how do you know like how do you know what to teach them and i think we all want to the the um the uh the the natural way that i think you go about thinking about this is hey i don't want my kids to end up going through the things that i went through right i mean you had a rough childhood i grew up in a rough neighborhood childhood you know um that's what I don't want for my right, kids. Exactly. And so at the same time, I feel like I'm, then I'm raising my kids out of fear. Yeah. I'm raising my kids out of fear of, of, of them experiencing the same things I did. Right. Yeah. And it's highly unlikely, first of all, that your kids are going to experience the exact same things that you did because you're purposely trying not to put them in those circumstances. And so as long as you're doing that, it's highly unlikely that you're going that they're going to do the they're going to go through their own version of things that you experienced. And well, that's a, you know that's a that's an interesting statement because you know when when it's actually what I found out is it actually you know trying to keep our kids trying to discipline them and teach them in the manner of so they don't do what I used to did can sometimes push them into doing it. Sure. Right. Why? Because if I'm basing my teaching or I'm basing my, not my teaching, but if I'm basing my discipline and how I approach my kids based off of fear from my past, mm-hmm. they can do something that's kind of like or leading to, and they're already guilty in my eyes. Right. Because you, you were like, I know, I know the past. I know the result. I know the end result. Right. So you treat them as though they killed somebody. Right. And all they did was say, I don't like you. Right. Right. Uh, and so, literally, you can you can you can push them into that environment that you don't want them to be in, just because you're basing your parenting off of fear of them getting there. Right. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen with my kids for sure. You know, I, yeah, areas. I do all the time. Oh yeah, in different areas of my kids, you know that I was so hypercritical, like we talked before, in certain areas, and the reason why was because I didn't want them to go down that road, mm-hmm. and that criticalness just caused them to shut down. So. How do you know then if you're a parent, you clearly don't want to go down that road right. of let's teach them out of, you know, I'm going to teach them how to stay away from the thing out of fear. I'm going to teach them how to stay away from the things that got me. Right. Right. So what do you teach them? How do you know what path to go down with kids? I mean, what is the, if you can't teach them out of your own experience, then where, what are you left with? Well, I think that's where the scripture is very clear to, you know, teach them out of what we experience from the Lord, what we get from the Lord out of Scripture. 
um, you know, to, to utilize that. I mean, we got a couple different scriptures here, but, you know, it says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well, how often did I do that? Right. My teaching didn't cause peace, that's for sure. Right. You know, and why? Well, because of my, my soul, like, you, you know, our soul and what my belief system was, was definitely not peaceful. For sure. And that's, of course, what's going into them, despite what I'm saying. I mean, what I'm saying, it just gets coming from here. Mm-hmm. Right. But rather bring them up with the discipline instructions that come from the Lord. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, how often are we, how often are we instructing them by scripture? Right. Or how often are we instructing them on in the way that we think they should go, right? You know, it says train up a child in the way that they should go, but we train them up in the way that we think they should go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's one of the key, you know, uh, that's one of the things that is, for example, we did, you know, we spanked our kids mm-hmm. and we called them pow pows and we used a wooden spoon because the Bible says do not use your hand because your hands are supposed to be made for loving and, and touch and whatever. So we, so when I was learning how to do this, you know, I'd always, you know, spank them three times. They always ask how many? And, you know, I say three. It's always three. And it was all because of direct disobedience. Like we talked in the last one, it was out of direct right. disobedience. Right. And I remember spanking, I remember spanking Tyler because he, he was, he did something wrong. And uh, I think he was four, something like that, four, four or five. We didn't, we didn't spank much further than five. And, uh, but I spanked him. And I said, no, go to your room. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's crying and he runs up to his room. My wife pulls me aside and says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm disciplining him. I'm correcting with the rod. And then you're sending him to be by himself. Mm. And I went, he goes, she goes, did you hug him afterwards? Right. No. So are you disciplining in anger? I was disciplining out of right. anger. I was upset right. at him. And so what I do, I was sowing anger into him, making him go, feel worthless and get go be alone mm-hmm. right that wasn't that's not the way the lord disciplines that's not the way the lord right. instruction right so i changed that right away i spanked three times come here i love you mm-hmm. you're special you're awesome you made a mistake we can do this better you know that right. you know that's just one ways of one way that i learned how to mm. instruct in the lord or discipline in the lord i think it's interesting because that's the way god deals with all of us mm-hmm. and yet as parents it's not it doesn't it's not the way you're you don't think of that it doesn't just come up like oh that makes it unless of course you're reading these scriptures that you brought up then obviously you would you're probably the better parents than i was but you know um read your bible <laughs> well good. i mean there's a and new, we're done <laughs> well, yeah. well there's another scripture that says you know that um i used to tell my kids before i spanked them or before i gave them pop balls that the bible says that in order, in order for you to, in order for me to, in order for this disobedience, right, mm-hmm. to stop, I have to drive it out of you. The Bible says that's what this is for. I'm spanking, I'm driving disobedience out. That's a scripture verse out mm-hmm. of Proverbs, right? Right. That's, that's leading them by the Lord. That's leading them in correction and instruction of the Lord is bringing scripture into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, but that's what I tell them. I'm not mm-hmm. just spanking you because you're a bad kid. Right, right. Or you made a stupid decision on speaking because I don't, that's going to drive that disobedience out, mm-hmm. you know? So I, and I, but I feel like the, the, uh, the general concept here, right? The general principle is the same with adults. Yeah. As I mean, this really is, that's a, the thing that's amazing to me after talking about this and thinking about this is that the principle is the same, yeah. right? If you, if you, it's, it's, a, it's how you deal with sin, you think about it. You don't, Again, what we've been talking about in our Compass class, right, is 
you have to deal with the behavior. Exactly. Right. You deal with the the motives and the core belief that produce that behavior. And so with kids, why deal with just the behavior? Right. What is the point? And I'm just putting this together now in my head, which is just amazing to me. And so a lot of thoughts go through my head. But we're often when we're dealing with our kids, we're specifically dealing with behavior. That's good, Dan, yeah. And the Bible says in that verse to deal with the core belief. Yeah. Because that's what God does. He says, I don't, I'm not going to deal with your sin because it's sin and you know it's wrong because you feel convicted for doing it. Yeah. What we need to deal with is why you got there and, and why it's there. And so it's the same thing with kids, it feels right. like. That's what this verse is saying is deal with the core belief right. because then the sin's going to go away. You know, one of the things that I think is funny is, um, and this is an easy one, and a lot of people use it, but it is my language. I mean, it's, I haven't tried to clean up my language over the last couple of years, but in trying to be, to be in relationship with guys in a way that is producing um, positive results in their life, yeah. my, I, I, like even, at sometimes I even think like I should swear here to, to kind of make to a point, point to, across to, not even to bring a point across, yeah. but to make myself more relatable. Yeah. Right. Like, cause there's other guys are swearing and it's okay to every once in a while to swear. I don't I have a problem with it, but I just find myself where I don't so much anymore that I, I feel like sometimes I need to say something just to, you know, like, so they can relate to me a little bit. And I, and at work specifically when I'm dealing with guys, you know, a lot of swearing, like, you know, in the shop, right? Like uh, well, with me, it's not in the shop. It's, it's my team. But still, I find myself like I almost have to work one in on purpose <laughs> to be relatable. How crazy is that? Yeah. When before I had to, I was purposely trying to watch my language by working on the behavior. Yeah. And now the behavior has gone away. Like I don't even think about it anymore. I almost have to think about the opposite of that. Why wouldn't we do that with our kids? Exactly. Exactly. And then you, then you think of it this way also. You think of it when we're trying to fix their behavior. Mm-hmm. They usually end up finding other kids that behave the same way they do. Right. Why? Because they they want to be relatable. They want they want to they want the way they they feel that there's no what's going on. Mom, dad just don't understand. Right. Right. So if I try to fix my child's behavior, he's they're going to find other kids that behave the same way them because they feel they're not alone mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You go and use use scripture and instruction of the Bible and the ways of the Lord that fix the heart issue of what's going on inside of them. They won't, they won't, they'll tend to bring their heart more than they'll bring their behavior to the friends. You right. Know? And so it's, it's just so key. So if we, if we got, we, and it's so hard though, you know, it's it what is, I do. for it's sure. So hard. Because the behavior's right there it's in front right of in front you. It's right in front of your face. And, and like you said, you know what you, in your head, you think that you know the path. You're like, okay, this is the slippery slope you're on. Yeah. And I know where the bottom of this hill is. And, and you don't want to be in the gutter, smoking crack, you know, and homeless. And, and it's like, he's 14. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, like, he's 14. And, you know, and he, and he stayed out 15 minutes late. And you already got him smoking crack in a gutter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Easy, but as parents, you're so afraid of that result that you do anything you can. Which I think, in some ways, that's healthy. Of course, it is. You know, and you care, right? You know, the uh, the flip side of that is 
you know, and, and I know people that are like this too. They're like, well, you, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Yeah. Which is, I mean, kids yeah. will be kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and there, and there is some manner of kidism. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, putting on different colored socks. Well, that's, that's in style now. I can't think of that one. Yeah. But, you know, everything that is in style now, you never do. <laughs> like wearing hoodies and sweatshirts when it's 110 degrees out and wearing My short sleeve shirts when it's 15 below. I don't get it. But, but yeah, I mean, the kids are going to be kids in some ways, but there are, also, there are also ways that we're supposed to help direct them into discovering as they get older and, uh, you know, weighing those two. But I think, I think the, the, the thing we got to, be careful of is like you say what are we operating out of mm-hmm. when it comes to instruction and correction and har- and are we i think you got a quote mm-hmm. that i'd like you to read because it's yeah. so good so erwin mcmanus uh from mosaic i mean this guy is like to me he is when it comes to communication uh just, i mean he's just he's the man like he just yeah. he he does for communication what like you know elon musk does for electric cars i mean right. you know it's just like he is that guy when it comes to communicating. And so, so this quote is one of the things that he says, um, he's talking about communicating. Um, but to me, it immediately related to kids, right? It says he had the thought, is it more important to you to teach or is it, is it more important to you that you teach or is it more important to you that they learn? He said, and as he thought about that, he thought, well, you know, yeah, it's more important to me that they learn, not that I teach. And so then he said he heard, felt God say back to him, then let go of your need to teach so you can take a hold of how they will learn. And so, yeah, the, you know, the idea that immediately jumped in my head talking, you know, again, thinking about my kids is, you know, I can't like I can't be trying to teach them lessons because they may not learn that lesson. But if I l- try to teach myself how they're going to learn then I can approach it from the aspect of doing things that they're going, the way that they are going to learn it or how they're going to learn or to help them to learn versus me just needing to get out the information to try to teach them something because I don't have all the answers. Right. Right. And there's so many, there's so many tools now too. And I, I I don't want to get off into this really, you know, far, but I mean, the Myers-Briggs, the, you know, you, you have your kid take that, these personality tests, because that helps. I think the love language is one is yeah. probably the biggest one. If yeah. you, cause, because we, we often think about that with your spouse, right? Oh, like yeah. the five love languages. But with your, find out with your kids. Yeah. And I think you have to keep taking that because they'll, it'll change. Yeah. But if well, you yeah. can know how your kids feel oh. loved, I mean. That's what I mean. You, take, you have them take the strength finders and, and the Myers-Briggs. Like I say, that doesn't give, the, doesn't give the person an excuse to be a certain way. You mm-hmm. know, some people say, well, I'm a. ENFP, and that's why I'm this way. Well, it doesn't, that's not what they're for. They're not to give you an excuse to act like an idiot. Right. You know, uh, they're actually a launching pad for you to discover not only more about yourself, but the people that you're around. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, so right now there's just so many tools out there to just figure out how your son learns or how your daughter learns uh, way more than there were, you know, well, I shouldn't say way more, but they're just out there, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and so that's what I love about that statement. You know, you're on a discovery mode, you know. Right. Like, for instance, my my example is Tyler. I could say Tyler, go go, go clean your room, mm-hmm. right? He may put up a fuss. No, he wanted, and like Tyler, go put up your room, but and go clean your room, and he'd go do it. Jackie, I had to give a whole explanation. Right. I couldn't just tell her to go clean your room. She wouldn't do it, and I had to discover why. And it's because well, she wanted to know. So so 
she wanted to understand the reasoning behind the clean room, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to what's share the with her, right? Yeah, what's the point? And then Constance, I had to make a challenge, right? I don't think you can clean your room in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you could. No, you can't. <laughs> Be up there. You know, so I mean, that why? Because I, I learned a little bit of how I can have them do something because mm-hmm. each personality is a little bit different. Right. Uh, but that that's discovering how they learn. Right. You know? uh, what they will receive, what they won't. Some, some. Some people will receive correction really quickly, and, they, and they're good to respond. Some people don't take correction. They need explanation, mm-hmm. you know, and it's finding that out about your kids, for right. sure, and yeah. each other, you and I. Right. You know, uh, just having just conversations that we've had over the years, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's things that I've said. Me, me and you, we've gotten into some disagreements, for sure, <laughs> usually about Bible stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's true. But, for uh, sure. But the great thing was is I usually ended up saying something that I probably shouldn't have said in the way I should have said it. Uh, you know, and there's right. been a few times where I've come back to you and go, you know, the way I handled that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And you've done the same with me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm learning how you learn, you right. know. And that's what I love about these campfire things that, you know, is going on with John Eldridge and mm-hmm. Muster. And, you know, they just go there with camp, get around campfires with guys. I was listening to one of the um, uh, Become Good Soil, Become Good Soil mm-hmm. ones today. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. To just learning each other's story, mm-hmm. learning each other more and more every time. Not there to teach anything, not there to correct anything. Right, just learning. You know, so you know. And one of the concepts that they have is you don't ever, you don't know a man until you know his story, story right? Exactly. And I think it's the same. There, there's some of that that applies across your kids too. Is you know, and, and you know your kid's story obviously because you're involved in it. But you have to know with your kids, you're learning how they process things because they don't. You know, at different stages in this, kids are processing things differently. Right. You know, when they're when they're little babies, they're processing things by touch and feel and sticking stuff in their mouth and up their nose and you know and all this stuff, right? And and then when they become a little bit older, they're question why, 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 why? Everything's you know they want to they're they're questioning everything because they want all this input right. to their world because they're just learning these things for the first time. They see things and it's this is the first time I've ever seen this, right. you know. And and then when they're teenagers, it's What's the reason for it? Like you said with your daughter, you know, like what, why, what's the point of all of this? What is the bigger story that I'm living in? They're trying to figure out, you know, what is the, what is this that I'm inside of here? Why, why, not, not why, why do things work, but why, how do I work within this? What is, where is my place? And what's so funny is when our kids get into the whys, we usually shut it down. Right. You don't need to Because I said so. Yeah, because I said so. Right. And we just. Oh, we just totally steal the creativity from their life. We totally steal the explanation. I love that commercial on TV uh, um, where the dad, the dad's talking on the phone, and his daughter, younger daughter, she's probably six, mm-hmm. and he's talking on a business call, and she looks at his dad, and she's like, "Like, Dad, how big the ocean? Have you seen it? No. He's like, how big is the ocean? And Dad kind of looks at her, and he goes, I'll call you right back. Takes her in a car. Drives, you can see they're driving for miles and miles and miles and That's takes so her to awesome. the beach on the ocean. Right. You know, that is phenomenal. Right. I mean, it's a great commercial about, I mean, you don't just give them the answer. Wait a minute, I'm on the phone. I'll talk to you later. You know, right. You know, you can't you see I'm busy? Can't you see I'm busy on the phone, right? Which we do so often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if we were to, if we were to tap into every time a child asks us a question about something and gave them an, ex- an actual explanation mm-hmm. or showed them an example, yeah. If you want to see your teenage kid like start to bond with you in a real way, so I work from home, which a lot of people nowadays are working from yeah. home. 
um, it's tough because you have this weird mix of like, hey, I need to get some work done and, you know, I'm at home. Right. And so for the most part, it works because the kids are at school, but summer break, they're home. You want to you want to like really bond with your teenage kid. Yeah. My son will he's done this a couple of times now, you know, walk into a meeting. I'm in a meeting and he walks in the office, you know, Hey, hey dad. And I'm like, oh, you know, cause it's video, right. you know, and, and everybody's he's like, oh. underwear. <laughs> everybody's like, Oh, Hey, your son's here. And I'm like, ah, yeah, just give me a second. You know, I'm like, what's up, buddy? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, you know, I didn't see you. I didn't know you were in a meeting and then they leave. Hey guys, I'll be right back. And I'll get up and leave and go out of the meeting and be like, what's up, bud? No, you were in a meeting. No, what's going on? What do you need? I mean, it immediately, like his whole demeanor changes. He's excited to talk to me, which 17-year-olds aren't excited to talk to you very often. He's excited to talk. He wants, and he shares the most that he shares then. And, you know, like. That's so good. There's nothing happening at my job that, you know, that that I can't come back to. Like, guess what? It's going to be there when I come back to it. And I might have to work later and I might have to work weird hours. And, you know, and sometimes I'm up at 7 a.m. working because they're not up or whatever, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's, it makes a world of difference to right. them when they realize, holy crap, I'm the most important thing in your world. Yeah. You know, I know you have to work. And, and it's to the point where, like, he's even, you know, like, I you know, you got to get back to work. So, you know, get back to work. So he understands, like, hey... I know that's important because he's got a job. And so he knows, but at the same time, man, that state, you know, just that understanding of buddy, you know, I'm going to, you want to, you want to know how big the ocean is? Let's go find out. Let's go find out. I mean, road trip. you want to connect with your kids. You know, one of the things I started doing with Caden just today, actually funny enough. Um, yeah. And this won't air until he gets, he, if he, he, he watches them sometimes, but, um, so this will be later. So I won't worry about it. But uh, he asked me a question today. He's on his road trip for school and he sent me a Marco Polo. We do that um, with, with Caden and I do with Caden. Um, he sends me a Marco Polo and he goes, Hey, this happened with this kid. Um, you know, I don't know how to, how do you say this to somebody, right? How do you say this to somebody? And um, I got back on Marco Polo and I was like, Oh, the words that almost came out of my mouth were, Hey, maybe you should try it this way, right? And then I don't know. I a moment of clarity came across Holy me. Spirit, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, all of this that we've been doing, you know, God speaks to me through this, all of this too. And I was just like, hey, bud, before I answer your question, how would you say it if you, you know, if you could say the words you feel would help this person understand what you're trying to say? What would those words be? How would you say it? Like, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. I think that you probably know mm-hmm. what you would say in this instance. You just maybe can't get it out. So try it on me, and then we'll kind of work through it and see how it goes. And let it go. Uh, he, hasn't, he just responded, and I haven't watched it yet. But, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's something out of all of this that's... I mean, I got on to, like, hey, this is how I do it. Oh, yeah. Like, those were the, what was going Teaching through my head. Yeah. yeah. Because he asked me a question, and I want to answer because he's... In, no, man, it's... He's not asking me a help question. Help them to discover. Help them to right. learn. Right. Teach him the way that God would do it. Right. And then he can answer the question on his own. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why I love Jesus many times in Scripture. Jesus answers a question with a question, which we almost say bad, all the time, which we say is bad grammar. You know, I mean, we do, <laughs> right? Uh, but it's not. You know, he's causing them to think, and he's causing them to be a part of the conversation. Right. And and you know, uh, that, I love that. I mean, you know, the one thing that one thing that we did here at my house was how often our conversations when they were teenagers. How often was our conversations a disagreement? Mm. Yeah, most of the time. Oh, that was when we had the conversation. Right. It was when there was disciplinary action or when mm-hmm. something was wrong. And and so we actually called it stealing each other's thunder. Mm. And so okay. we purposely said, okay, if we disagree or if we if we want to add to what they're saying, you know, we don't do that. We mm. stop. Oh, you should have heard my house. Tyler would say something, I'd be like, huh? <laughs> I'd say something to Carrie, she'd be like, huh? I mean, literally, yeah. it was our first thing that came to our mind was to disagree, right. was to be critical, was to try to up what they said, was to try to make what they said small. Uh, it was unbelievable, Denny. And l- I'm telling you, you, you could ask my kids, it was like a season where we just, okay, really? <laughs> That's good. And it was so hard to stay yeah. in that spot. It was just difficult, but we did it. And yeah. it helped us realize that, oh my gosh, we were very negative towards each other a lot of the time purposefully take away a way that you talk to somebody and you'll find out how much you yeah. do it. Like purposely try not to talk to them. Huh? I did. I think I told you guys, <laughs> I was going to do a week of not complaining, right? Like I, I think I told you guys on Marco Polo, I was going to try this, do a week of no complaining. There were people that I couldn't talk to as much yeah. and, I won't, and I won't say their names because that would be mean. But yeah, there were people that I couldn't talk to because they complained so much that I would find myself wanting to complain back. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing that this week. And so I couldn't talk to them. I would just have to like text them, you know, like, hey, uh, you know, whatever information I need to send them. Because knowing if I got in a conversation, they were going to complain yeah. and then I would respond back. Yeah. And so I just had to like, I can't talk to you this week yeah. because I'm trying to go a week without complaining. Yeah. And when you realize that, oh, holy crap, that's eye opening. And to think that I bring that to my kids. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean. That, that, like I say, and that was where that, that's where that criticalness really showed that that's what I contributed for a lot, for a lot of their beginning years was just being critical. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never forget when Tyler was five and I, I did tell him to go clean his room, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he went upstairs and about 15 minutes or 10 minutes later, he came down. I was like, there's no way you got your room clean. I quit, walked up there and I'm like, hi, you need to pick this up. You mm-hmm. got to get this. Come on, clean it right, right? And so I went back downstairs and it was about 20 minutes. He came down. Done, Dad. And I went upstairs and I finally pushed stuff under the bed and stuff like this. And I said, Tyler, you can either do it right or don't do it at all. <laughs> I'll take choice B, sir. Right? You know, <laughs> that's what I always heard growing up, right? right? Yeah. I turned and walked away and the Holy Spirit said, hey, when have you taught your son how to clean his room? Right. I never taught him, Dan. Mm-hmm. He's five. He's right. five. Right. You should, you should know how to do it. Right. What an idiot. I was so, I couldn't, but he said, when have you taught him? So I had to go back in there and, you know, Ty, I'm so sorry for doing this. And you know what? I'll tell you what, here's what a room clean, a clean room would look like. You got to make the bed this way and you got to do it. You know, now that doesn't mean he cleaned his room every time after that. No. But still, I, a little here closer. I ex- my expectation of the five-year-old was to already understand how to clean his room. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. So the is, other thing that I think I realized in that is sometimes it, they're just not going to. Right. And so I've stopped like, okay, I'm, you know, if I want it to be done my way, then guess who has to do it? 
it's your way for a reason. Yeah. It, you know, either you have them do it and they do it their way, yeah. or you do it and that's the only way it's going to be done your way. I know of couples that have gotten into like massive arguments over loading the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive argument. Yeah, I've had to walk them through this. This is it's a dishwasher, man. Right. Throw them in their closed door. You know. Yeah. Sorry, mom, but every time I go to Florida, my mom and her husband Joe, there's a comment that's thrown out about the dishwasher yeah. and how they load it every time. Yeah. And I'm like, there's two of you. Yeah. There's four dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, but but think of who think, cares? I mean, think about that. <laughs> think about that statement. Even when it comes to your wife, even when it comes to oh. your friendships, you know. You know, are you just trying to teach them something or are you trying to discover how they learn? I mean, gosh, that's a great comment. You use it in business. I mean, oh, obviously, like, are you, again, you know, my team of that I manage, you know, am I trying to teach them something? Am I trying to learn how they learn? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so, I think that pastors, oh. are you just trying to teach? Are you up there to hear yourself speak because you feel like God gave me this message and I need to get it out? Or are you trying to teach people something that they can actually learn, that they can put into plan in their life and change? And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you have to tell people stuff that they don't want to hear. And sometimes you have to ask people to change the way that they process things because, you know, hey, this is something that you need to learn. Um, But that's, you know, it's part of being a parent. Or a manager, or a pastor, you know. Part of being in a relationship with anybody. Right. You know, we want to dictate how somebody lives instead of discover how they how they want to be, you know. Like I told you before, that my, that favorite quote of mine from Johan Wolfgang Van Goethe, who said, you know, uh, treat a man as he appears to be and you make him worse. Mm-hmm. But treat a man as what he could be and you make him what he should be. Right. You know, and I love that statement. Uh, and, uh, I also, when it, when it comes to how we do this in Deuteronomy 6, it says, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. And what that's talking about is not just words, but by your actions, right? Mm-hmm. Repeat these things that you've learned from the Lord again and again. And I love this part. How often do we do this with our kids, except when we're, we usually use Scripture to discipline or we usually mm-hmm. use Scripture to correct, right? Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up. I mean, I love that. This is, mm-hmm. it, should be a, it should be the commands and the decrees and the scriptures should be something that's just communicated throughout the day. It's not something that's just used for correcting purposes. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I love that scripture. Tie them to your hands and wear them and wear them on your feet. Sorry about it. I got a phone call. Just so you know, it's my wife. So I, I hung up on her. Just Dude, now you just told her you hung up on her. You could. I'll have to cut that out. You could have totally been like, "Oh, it was telemarketer." Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's going to discipline me for this one. But um, but you know, then tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know, the fact is, is that. We're supposed to be we're supposed to be teaching and training our kids in the ways of the Lord, and I think sometimes we step in between the Lord and our kids, and we right. train them up in the way that we want to, and and by our you know, and hopefully, hopefully by our example, one day is Scripture verse led, right? Right, and right. that's our hope, mm-hmm. right? And I would have to tend to say, which I probably didn't do too well, if my life was Scripture verse led, there's probably I probably would talk less, mm. 
right? And right. live more mm-hmm. for people to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so good, man. Yeah. That's good. All right. Call your wife back. Yeah, I better. <laughs> see you later. <laughs>